Welcome everyone to the 76th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with our buddy Nick Tartaglia. What's up, Daniel? You're the uh, one who's in Florida right now, too, eh? So uh, you're living the best life right now, a little. You know? Except I'm really pale right now, and that's going to change <laughs> in the next few start. weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the beginning. You're going to have I, the sun, or we're going to get the, the snow. I, I don't want to brag. It is very nice today. Um, I'm told Montreal is sunny, so enjoy that. Um, but it's freezing yeah, it's outside. It's a bad day for us. supposed to be winter. Yeah. So everyone's slowly getting into the groove of the holidays. And Mm -hmm. it almost feels like a year ago, we were talking about, you know, this whole market rally or this whole sentiment about all these different things. And then next thing you know, there was a war that broke out in Ukraine, which to your and I understanding or knowledge um, shouldn't have surprised people that were paying Mm -hmm. attention because this has been a 20 year wrecking ball. But since then, we're going to talk about this today because I'm excited about it. It's been doing really well this week. Um, and people are like, well, you're, you're, you're cheering on a 6% move. It's just like, yeah, but at least the portfolio isn't down 95%. Like the crypto people are right now, uh, gold and silver are slowly waking up. Yep. And we've been banging the drum on this for two years. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now the, 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 the challenge is no one's patient anymore, no. right? Nobody, nobody wants to sit on their laurels for two years to potentially experience what could be generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about, we could potentially see $5,000 gold in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now, why do I say that? Again, very, very aggressive, speculative bet, but you just have to put the pieces together as to what is happening in the world. What are central banks doing? Central banks all over the world have been buying and accumulating gold. Every everyday retail investors, because gold is very expensive, everyday retail investors like you and I have been stacking silver because both of them are leveraged to each other. So it's been really interesting to see the last six and a half months play out where every every three weeks there's a new report that comes out that says this central bank has added, you know, a certain amount of their net 31 million tons now of gold. Yep. You know, something is going on that everyone should start paying attention, but nobody will because it's not shiny objects. It's not flashy. It doesn't provide instant gratification, but this is very big. Yeah. And this is something that's going to continue to dominate only when gold and silver prices moon even higher. Yeah. And we because know we can't, we, we, we can't ignore the fact that obviously there's a correlation to the U S dollar. It's a given fact. We know it. So the dollar goes up, there obviously is resistance to the upside for silver and gold because they tend to inversely correlate. But we all know that US dollar is not it's not it's not going to be the king for long. The world is trying to dethrone that that position. And we've seen the resistance had the last couple of weeks, the last month or two. And it's kind of shown in the, the gold and silver how over the last year they've relatively gone sideways. It's had a relative low, it bounced like a crazy. It, it had a crazy bounce back up, went back down and out. But it just, it's, you can see that there's a hard resistance below it. And even the dollar, it's having a hard time going up. You have the brick system. You have all these countries trying to work to dethrone the U.S. dollar. And all that takes away the power of the dollar, which means you don't need U.S. dollars anymore. And if you don't need it as much, well, then you don't see the dollar going up for very long. 
And then you have the fact that you had the talk of central banks talking about slowing down and the market's already been pricing that in. And I have a feeling that it's kind of lining up with the winter crisis coming ahead that you can't go too crazy and aggressive with your, with your interest rates because as you're going to enter the winter, there's going to be a lot more problems. And what those more problems means is you need more easy money because you need to deal with those problems. So there's a lot of converg converging variables seem to occurring and all that stuff just plays into the pockets of gold and silver. I agreed. And you know, you're talking about the BRIC system, Russia, China, India, Brazil. biggest net buyers of physical gold yeah, exactly. on the planet. Yeah. And India massive for jewelry. Just that like, alone. Like in and you know, that, that comes from our good friend Harry Dent, um, who brought that up when we spoke to them. But yeah, the Indians love gold and they're gonna continue to keep buying that. But the US right now is at an inflection point. I mean, it's gotten to a point where I'm starting to realize that the only thing that everything is being backed by is an empty promise. And if that implodes, the worst thing that happens is when everything else fails, and I'm quoting Gerald Salente here. When everything else fails, they take you to war. I'm not, I'm I, again, I, I just want to make something abundantly clear. I'm optimistically cautious about the future. I think everybody should be optimistic about the future. It's just, this is where we're at in the cycle right now. Yeah. And it's something that you cannot fight, unfortunately. So when you have, you know, Eastern countries developing their own system, and the U.S. is in total free fall in terms of, you know, the economic dollar. Mm. I mean, it's a recipe for a safe haven. You know, I don't want to call it a bank run. It's not really a bank run. But I think people who have been paying attention have just been accumulating every single month. But, you, you know, know? It, it's odd because in, in a world where let's, let's go back to one of their original conversations in terms of gold with um, Rick Rule. One of the biggest things he always said was... <laughs> This, the 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 more aggressive and the more stupid government is the more the more dangerous the more dangerous and chaotic the environment they produce the more likely you want to go to gold because it's the byproduct you know the, the <clears throat> they produce this environment where you don't trust anything you can't depend on anything and the worst part is if all the the global economies and the government start saying well i don't trust you i don't want your dollars anymore because they're meaningless to me i want something hard well guess what they have to go back to what they've been doing for thousands of years. The, and the other scary part being Canadian too is how our own central banks have nothing. And we keep playing this artificial game of just, you know, money is meaningless. You can do whatever you want. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. The Canadian you've got bank. nothing to back. You've got nothing to back it. And the intriguing part is now you even have countries in Africa that are starting to realize that it's paper money is worthless and it gives us no, it gives them no power on a global scale. What does give them power is the ability to back their economy by hard assets like commodities, gold, copper, and all the other things that they have in their ground. They have so much of it that China wants, that Europe wants, that North America wants, especially in this, tra this transition of going into energy renewable and this and that. Well, guess what? It's a minefield of commodities that they can use to leverage their economy. And there's countries that are starting to think about that and realize that. So, you know, it just puts out to the perspective that the, the, this whole notion that the government, well, for example, oh, we should, don't worry, we shouldn't worry about inflation or we can keep printing money or blah, 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 because the dollar is strong. We'll always have a dependence and need for the dollar. But it's like that just ignores most of the mechanics going on right now. The world doesn't want the dollar anymore. They don't want it. It keeps the U.S. in power and the world doesn't want the U.S. in power anymore. 
It, I, I want to bring up some numbers and then we're going to talk about the the Bank of Canada in a second because there was some other stuff that came out that was really important. But in Turkey alone, there's been a surge of retail buyers of gold bars and coins year over year that's up 300%. So this shouldn't surprise anybody. This is everyone who is smart starting to realize that I need to put my assets into a safe haven that's not going to implode. Now, don't get me wrong. Real estate, long-term, depending on the location, of course, is always going to be a good asset. But there's a, there's a leverage component there. Most people, they put a down payment and then they have to mortgage the rest of it. That actually creates a liability in the short term that you don't realize until you pay it off, unless you pay the whole asset in cash. If you pay the whole asset in cash, congratulations. Most people can't do that. Yep. But when gold and silver start- but Also never forget, you never truly own the property because you still owe taxes. Exactly. So you owe, if you never pay those taxes, you lose that property. Again, we're, we're veering yeah. off, but you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. But with regards to gold and silver, like- the, like it's historically always been a safe haven. That's why I laugh when all these crypto maximalists come out and say, well, Bitcoin is an inflation hedge or crypto is an inflation hedge. I mean, that's bullshit right now. It hasn't proven the case. Exactly. Yet. That was one of the biggest gold things. And silver, was to... Gold and silver through the history of time is just always like, it's never going to be a leading performing asset when there's a bull market. That's not exactly. its purpose. Yeah. That's where people are like, well, why would I do that? If I can only earn 2%, I'm like, you earning 2% while the rest of the world is down 58%. You're winning. That's just how bear markets work. And that, and that in this conversation is us just, we're talking about just purely owning tangible gold. We're not even talking about playing leverage plays like equities and junior and miners. miners. Yeah. We're not even talking about that or the dividends. We're just referring to just buying hard asset gold and silver. Yeah. That's just that aspect. There's a whole other component of playing the leverage play if you want to play that one. Yeah. I just want to continue off some numbers yeah, that exactly. I took notes on because this is this is just really important. Like if you have been paying attention, none of this should surprise you. If you have not, then I would suggest, you know, now's the time to really start digging deep. But uh, in the last quarter, central banks bought a record 399 tons of gold worth around $20 billion. That's higher than pre-pandemic levels. <clears throat> Meaning that the gold demand has increased almost like it's almost 5x at this point. When you see that, it's not what they tell you on the media outlets, okay? Whatever the central bank is saying in the news, whatever Jerome Powell is saying in the news, Lagarde, whatever their names are, I don't even want to talk about them because they're Keynesian economists. But anyway, <laughs> whenever they say something, do the opposite because they're doing something that's totally different. There's a reason why they're not saying buy gold because but yet they're they doing, are buying gold. Exactly. So I always say like, do watch what they do. Don't watch what they say and then follow what they do. And that's it's based literally... on the whole thing. It's, it's not about, it's not about words, it's about action. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the biggest so, institutions of the world are trying to hedge themselves and protect themselves against a, a, a big problematic environment. Why would they be doing that as their action? Nick, I think I've accumulated almost like, five kilos of silver in the last like three months yeah it's the greatest thing and i'm just like i honestly like i, I look at it and i'm just like this is this is tangible like <laughs> I, and first of it all silver has good. more utility than gold yes exactly. me wrong but much like, much more but like it's just like wait a minute like i get it there's like a storage thing it's like i don't want to store this somewhere it just feels which is why which is why i have a safe yeah, but exactly. i'm just saying like you can touch it you can feel it you can actually understand it and you're like, okay, this has thousands of years of history 
that Robert I can go Kiyosaki. back on. Robert Kiyosaki says it. Well, he says it's God's money. Why is it God's money? He says because of the fact that it'll be here. It was here before you were born, and it'll be here after you're born. Exactly. It is the only thing on this face of the earth that does not erode. If you had it, if your family had it a thousand years ago, your family still has it now. It hasn't reduced its quantity because it's eroded. You, it, it's perpetual. It's one of the only things in this world that can go through time without having to change. One of the only things, which is why it is so grounded in things like uh, basic uh, hardcore monetary systems and pres preserving wealth, because it's, it's a constant in a world of endless change. So in, in the short term, I do expect to see more volatility, though, in the price. <laughs> because of them manipulating it. And obviously, if you look at charts all day, you're going to see that this thing is going to bounce around for a little bit. But I think over the next five to 10 years, you're going to see higher prices in both commodities. Now, going back to the Bank of Canada, first time ever reported a loss yeah. on their balance sheet. What was their, like 400, $535 million yeah, exactly. or something. And I'm like, okay, so when was the last time? My first question was, when was the last time that happened? Uh, never. Okay. Second question. <coughs> if they were operating at a loss, why did the central bank or why did the bank of Canada hand out bonuses of $25 million to all their employees collectively? That's the second question I have. The third, the, the, the third the question, the third question I have is a year and a half ago, I think his name is Tiff Malcolm went to my high school, by the way, um, for you, not the whole year, but anyway, <laughs> why is it that a year ago, he came out and basically said inflation is transitory. <clears throat> Again, three questions I have. I'm not drawing conclusions. What the hell is going on? And they're not even buying gold. I think they're one of the main, they're one of the few banks in the world that doesn't have a gold reserve. What does that tell you about the Canadian dollar? Forget the US dollar for a second. We know that the US dollar is a global dominance based on total, it's, it's universally recognized. Canadian dollar? You come down here in the U.S., they look at you like, what is this, Monopoly money? <laughs> We're not even backed by anything. What are we backed by? We're going to end up being like uh, in South America. We're going to be like, we're going to need to use, start using U.S. dollars to do things because no one's going to want a Canadian dollar. It's just and because like, we're becoming more and more socialist. It just means that you can just disconnect from reality and just keep artificially increasing the money supply for social spending. Okay. Yeah. You could say, Oh, but they're raising interest rates. Sure. But on the flip side, look what the government's doing. They kill what they want to keep spending and increasing their deficits. But at the, the same the, time, you're, they're still playing that game. The, the point that I was trying to make though, is like, if people really believe that the central bank and the government are out for the best interests, like you have to be a, you have to be a fool at this point Buy gold and silver. Not investment advice. I got to be careful when I say that. I'm buying gold and silver because I know that when this thing does implode, I'm going to have hard assets that actually have tangible value and not a piece of paper. When all well, fails. Daniel, well, Daniel, wait, wait, <coughs> Nick, Dan, wait, what, you, you guys said that, you know, we should put our, our money into to gold and silver. But what do I what if I have to pay bills and stuff like that? It's like. Allocate a percentage. Everyone's got to make a living. Take that money, invest it in yourself, invest it in hard assets, but also pay your bills. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? How do you start? If you're already at the start anyway, and you're, you're still just worried about how to pay bills, you're not even at the stage where you can truly even put that much time and effort into thinking about how to build out a portfolio since you're just worried. You're just 
you're struggling with just profit margin at this point as an individual, the cash you're making relative to your cost of living, try to figure out your cost of living scenario or to reduce your cost of living. You know, I, hope in- I hope we're not offending anybody because I think this is just reality. No, but it has to be, you, you have to be direct. You can't, if you've put yourself in a situation with a high cost relative to your income, that's the position you're in. Now, the thing is this, if you want to accept reality as is, and you want to confront it, you want to actually get out of that problem, deal with the problem face on and say, okay, I need to reduce my cost of living or reduce my costs so that relative to my income, I can actually save half profit because an individual is still an entity and take that capital and allocate to something. You know, when you think of the world, the way it's behaving in the world, the way it's developing, it's becoming less and less collaborative. It's deglobalizing. There's so much more political tension. Everything is becoming about politics. No one trusts each other. In an environment where nobody trusts each other, what's the one thing you know you can depend on? Something that's hard and real. What is that? It's commodities. That's why it's, it's, it's reverting back to the mean. It's always been like that. It always reverts back to the mean. Gold and in the monetary system, throughout monetary cycles, throughout history, the mean has always been monetary money, uh, money, always gold, silver. It's reverted back to that point all the time. So there's something there. It's not even about saying, well, I'm, I'm biased or this. I'm playing history in this point. I'm defying my own, perspe- my own little personal perspective. And I'm just looking at the, 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 the withstanding position of gold in human history. It has done its purpose. Now, if you think of the world and like you're an ocean and there's a massive tsunami, and there's a massive storm, that one little island where you can stand on and not worry about the storm, that's your gold. Once I would, the storm calms down, then you can get back on your ship and go do something. I would rather prepare for the worst, knowing that if even if the worst doesn't happen, I'm still protected, as opposed to having been caught with my pants down, which unfortunately 95% of the people, especially the crypto enthusiasts, like they're, they're caught with their pants down right now. And, and what worries me is a lot of people, especially when you take, like typically, let's say gamblers or high-risk people, when you lose a lot of money, which a lot of people have in this environment, especially with the crypto collapse and a lot of the equity collapse, the tech and everything, a lot of people, when they lose money, they become more aggressive after because they, need, they feel like they need to compensate for that loss to remake it back. And they want to make it back fast. The issue with that is going to put you in a really horrible state of mind to make effective decisions with your capital allocation. It's not, it's not the time for that. Now's the time to just think about the real world and realize there's very, very little opportunities to really be aggressive. There are a few sectors where there's massive upside because of the, the total lack of commitment, investment, and, um, and eyes, which has been the commodities and precious metal space for over a decade. It's there. And you don't want to get aggressive expecting massive growth in an environment, on a macro environment, where everything is telling you the inverse is happening. More politics does not mean more collaboration and more global growth. It literally means the opposite. More politics means more division and more hate and more governments going at each other, which increases the likelihood of war and conflict and poverty. So you can't expect massive growth in the equity uh, plays. And you go back to the mean again, commodities, gold, silver. So, so, so here, here's the plan because we're talking about sort of the consequences and the problem. And I don't like to end the episode or finish our t- conversations with at least the solution, right? People can complain all they want. Here's what needs to happen. Okay. Everybody listening needs to figure out what their current economic situation is right now. Finance, personal finance. Okay. Figure out what you're bringing in every month and then start allocating, I would say about 10 to 20% into investing. It's very simple. 
Okay. If you have to live broke for a little bit, do it. I've done it. You've done it too, Nick. It takes some time. It's going to take, it's also going to teach you how to be disciplined, by the way. Very disciplined. I think we're at that point too. And it's an and ongoing process. Precious metals requires discipline because you can't, when you buy it, you, 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 you can't have the intent to just trade it and sell it right away. The yeah. intent is to buy, preserve and wait for the cycle to get back out of it. Exactly. And I would always say, like, I'm quoting Warren Buffett here. Nobody, like, everybody wants to get rich quick. Nobody wants to get rich slow. This is a long-term game. That's the first thing. So just keep that in mind. So figure out your personal financial situation. Second thing, understand that we are about to enter what is going to be a very dark period of economics and finance for, <laughs> for, for the next generation. Yeah. Okay? This is where the wealth gets created. It's a, not, it's a paradox in a way. On these down dips, on these crazy collapses, this is where if you've been smart and you've been stacking paper conservatively, the buying opportunities of a lifetime are going to start emerging. Unfortunately, the COVID rally in tech stock, that was a Fed-induced sugar rush cocaine Jeez. rally that's not sustainable. And we're, we're starting to see it now because everyone's, everyone who's made money in 2020, guarantee you, is down 95%. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I don't know anybody unless guys like you and I are, uh, I mean, I'm up year to date, but that's another discussion. So that's, that's the first thing. Uh, second thing, sorry. The third thing, watch what central banks do. What are they doing? They have to buy gold to protect themselves. If you can't afford gold, silver is available. Much cheaper, much affordable, hundred percent. And we're having inflation that we haven't seen since like the 70s. How can, how can I as a government or as a central bank or as an entity start making global change, uh, trades and exchanges and then start saying, well, yeah, it's easy for me to plan out my financials and my cash flows and my investment thesis when the currencies in which I'm operating are fluctuating like crazy or getting inflated away. If I'm an entity and I want to build a balance sheet, how the hell am I supposed to do that with different types of currencies when they're all being def deflated uh, inflated away it's, it's going to destroy my balance sheet i have to find different ways of preserving my capital on long-term scales as an entity than the typical traditional use of using the fiat i can't i can't do it with that if it's just getting inflated away i have to protect myself and i there's going to be a move where large companies are going to have to start doing things like that too because <clears throat> it's not going to make any sense in this environment for them not to do it well, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing it too with layoffs right now. I mean, that, that, that is usually the start of what's to come. That's like the second, that's the most important thing, I think, for, for any period of a recession. But, um, you know, to, the government's not coming to save anybody. They're just going to increase their taxes as we save move Save themselves. Forward. They're going to continue to try and save themselves. And, you know, to be quite honest, like, I don't understand why people still pay taxes to an inefficient government, but I guess we have to because, you know, we'll get, we'll get arrested. That's another conversation. And, you know, and the, 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 the odd part of all this is that because so much of the, 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 the money, uh, the gold supply in terms of tangibles is held by central banks, <clears throat> you could theoretically, so this is back to Jim Rickards. He's a, uh, he's like a lawyer economist uh, in the macro space. And he talks often about for a while now, and he would talk about how, let's say you put yourself in this environment and governments want to basically write off all their debt. All they would technically have to do if they, with the control they have over the gold is say, you know what, we're going to rewrite the price of gold and we're going to like the Nixon debt. He fixed it at a certain price. So now they're going to say, we're going to fix gold at a new price. And that's going to write off all their debt. We're going to fix gold at $10,000 an ounce. That would literally clean up their balance sheet. It would benefit all the central banks and the governments, 
but it would destroy it. It would destroy the opportunity for regular people to be able to be able to buy gold. But that came at the cost that the government protected itself with all the stupidities they've done. So, so the three things, right? Know your current financial situation. I agree with what you're saying, by the way. Uh, know your current financial situation. Start allocating a small piece. Understand gold and silver and inflation. It's like most important thing. And then third, just be patient. Be patient because it's going to pay off. If you stick to the day-to-day, if you're working, if you're building a business, keep keep going. Like that is going to come. It's going to suck. But those days that it sucks and you power through, it's like today, Nick, I got to be honest with you, man. I'll tell my audience, like there's mornings I wake up on weekends. We don't want to do the podcast. You and I probably like, shit, we have to do it. We're still here, right? You have to push through those moments. It's the same thing with this process. So, you know, central banks are stacking gold and silver for a reason. They know next year is going to be very difficult for a lot of people, not to mention all the political bullshit that you're talking about, the energy crisis and all that stuff, right? It's going to be very difficult. But when this thing does turn around, and it will, the people that were prepared and planting the seeds over the next 18 months, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Now, the question is, do we have stagflation for a period of time? That's yet to be determined. Depends it all depends on, on what it depends on what the governments and central banks want to do. They yeah. want to keep protecting the market as much as they can while everything is deflating. Then, yeah, you most likely will get stagflation as long as they keep injecting into the market to distort the, the fact that things are deflating. They obviously don't want like there was a post I saw. <clears throat> I forget if it was Bloomberg or something trying to create the illusion as if, well, we would rather have high inflation and low employment than low inflation and low employment. So basically, if as long as people have jobs, you can deal with the inflation. But that doesn't factor into the fact that there are people in the workforce working two or three jobs. Is that sustainable? And that's the fact that's like, okay, so you want us to, well, okay, so let's assume you have more jobs, whatever. But in this environment, you're saying is inflation is going to be persistent. So if, if inflation is persistent because you want, to, you want to protect people's jobs more than anything else, which eventually the inflation will destroy the, the, the labor market because it destroys businesses. Well, businesses are not going to say, I can't trust the fiat system. I can't go five years, keep protect, storing up cash while I'm just losing my balance. My balance sheet is getting destroyed. As an investor, you're going to say, well, I have to take into account the fact that your balance sheet just loses value over time. It, 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 you know, it, it's decomposing because of the inflationary impact. And don't forget, guys, there's more ways to play precious metals than just buying the hard asset. There's equities too. You can buy junior miners. You can buy large producers. And in this space, when things are so cheap, the big boys are going to go around and they're going to be buying up the, a lot of the junior they're miners. Paying, they're paying dividends too. Like exactly. you want to talk about- and the oh, torque on that. And the, the gold and on that gold and free cash flow. I mean, yeah, if they're a producer like wheat and precious metals, for example, I think they pay like three or four percent. Newmont and New, like Newmont's paying four percent, if I'm not mistaken. Again, don't quote me on these numbers. I'm just saying they're paying. They they have free cash flow. They're paying a dividend, exactly. and that's at the prices of gold now. What what, yeah. what happens with gold at two thousand, three thousand, and five thousand, and ten thousand? So so work so on that. I I think like you still want to hold those long term. Right. Like I, it's just like, it just doesn't make sense. Like I get it. If it's an exploration company and a miner, like, okay, 
that's a gamble. That, those you have are, to th- create a basket with that. I, I would also say it's like most people can't handle the volatility in the of mix. Course. And and listen, and truthfully speaking, you literally have to be glued to your screen every single day if you have junior exploration companies in your portfolio. You have to follow their news cycles it, to make sure exactly. the news cycles are fueling into the because it's just it's just rocks and drilling into the ground. Right. That's all it is. It's are very they hitting or ca- the economics, uh, you know, like all these things play out. Does the land work? Do they have infrastructure? How much gold? So, what's the cost of it? You know, so all these things come into play. Yeah. So so again, like just just to kind of wrap things up, I don't we don't want to take too much time here. Like this period, like these next this next year, personally, I think is going to be like if you have not been preparing. Do not be surprised when this thing does turn around that you're stuck holding like some, some shitty bag of some sort. I don't know what that is, you know, and I'm not trying to bash the other sectors, by the way, it's just, this is where we're at in the cycle right now. Hmm. And I honestly believe, go ahead, go finish. I was just going to say, I bang the drum on market cycles all the time. I've got students that I've taught this to. If you look at history cycles, if you look at market cycles and business cycles, Everything that's played out over the last hundred years has been rhyming in the process. It's never the same, you know, who knows? Maybe in 10 years, we'll have like flying laptop cases. I don't know. I'm just pulling something out of my ass here. But the point is like, there's bits and pieces that you can apply in the past to your current investing strategy that will pay dividends if you're patient and you sit on your laurels. And I hate to say this, the crypto crowd, the shitcoin crowd, like 95% of those coins are, are, are fucking worthless. Yeah. There's nothing behind them. And people saying, oh, there's a great team behind them. What does that mean? Like, tell me what that means. And if somebody continues to say, oh, well, it's going to go up, they don't have a effing clue about what they're talking about. Honestly, for that, it's always been what me, talk, what me and you talked about. One, I like I Bitcoin think, though, by the way. I just yeah, want to be something. I think but, Bitcoin is going to stay until we die. That's the, 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 that's why the, the general market of that was one, they were not playing the cycle, the, the opportunity relative to the, the, the stage of the cycle we're in, they didn't time it very well. That was one thing. And secondly, the thing is, nobody focused on infrastructure, which is the most critical component of it. If it falls apart so easily, because there's no infrastructure, there's no base to it. And that's what we've been talking about that for two years too, you know? And when we go back to the gold and silver thing, don't forget, guys. If you look at the broad general market, there are very, very, very few places where you can actually find a sector that has been neglected for over a decade that has not experienced any hype or FOMO or any overblown evaluations. And that goes back again to commodity, junior exploration companies and dividend large producers. They, they, They haven't experienced that. It's so under neglected and valued that there's so much opportunity there. And that if you do t- want to take risk personally, and the only risk I want to take right now is in the junior space because there's so much opportunity there in price. The world wants to go green. Well, to go green, you also need silver. And then let's say we have this, let's put another hypothesis out there that I have right now with gold. Let's say the world does go into space. The one of the best heat deflectors they have for the sun in space is gold. They create filters layers of thin gold that they cover uh, helmets with and windows with and, and uh, outside, it's all in gold. So the, like, the more you go into space, the more gold and the more you develop out in space, the more gold you're going to need also for that because you need it. So, the, the, you know, so from a gold standpoint down the line, gold could develop a industrial use from a space standpoint. 
That's interesting. So, that, so that's that, that a little. I gotta explore that because this is the first time I'm hearing something like yeah, that. Exactly. Just, so like, like when you go with your helmet, it has a thin layer of gold. So, and it's one. It's the best heat deflector there is. So it's like if you want, if it's let's say space builds out, well, I'm pretty sure gold is gonna have an industrial play in that development. It's funny. I was at Salt Bay's restaurant last night, and they had like the gold steak, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, really? Yeah, it's like fairy like... dust. It's like fairy dust, basically. <laughs> they just charge like a two hundred thousand percent premium on it for like a. For like a steak. <laughs> Anyway, we're veering off topic cool. here. The, 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 yeah, like, like I, I, again, I don't want to bash the other cycles. And Nick, I'm going to obviously do my research on that because that if you're saying that there's utility in space for gold, I mean, there's your other use case right there. There's no question about that. Um, yeah, like the, the, the end of this cycle, so we're talking about the commodity cycle, usually signals the bottom of the recession or the bottom of the stock market because the stock market always bottoms before the economy bottoms, right? So I don't think we're quite there yet. And if everyone is, and if everyone that's listening right now is familiar with that, you know, the, 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 the cycle chart where it's like accumulation, market despair, FOMO, and then it comes back, back down and then it collapses again. Everyone knows exactly what chart that is, right? I hope. There's a period of despair right now that we haven't gotten to. I don't think we've capitulated either. That hasn't happened yet. Okay. When that does happen, it's going to like, that's when people are going to be running around with their pants down. And that's when I think gold and silver, people are just going to start buying it because there's nowhere, there's nowhere else to go. You know, I will and say that unlike the last two years, people have conversations about this space has intrigued people a lot more than before. And people are less resistant to the conversation and they're more intrigued by the idea because they've been obliterated with the other speculative assets that they and they're thought looking were going to make them and they billionaires. don't know where else there's opportunities they don't know of any other opportunity right now and they they don't care and the thing is a lot of people say the more the world goes into this kind of chaos you're not looking for growth and wealth you're looking to preserve capital you're looking to preserve your position you're looking to preserve the money you're making because if you can't even just do the basic of preserving it's so hard to plan and move forward amen to that man so it's just your base foundation you know think of yourself like a bank try to build out hard base infrastructure of, of hard assets that you can then leverage off of you know, you don't want to be like a bank that has nothing and just infinitely prints out money and does build out a base of hard assets that you can then say, okay, I have a base. Let me leverage in relation to the base I've built out. If I have a hundred thousand dollars of gold. Okay. So then let me be able to, let me say, I'll always be leveraged two X of my hard assets. That's the most I'll ever leverage out. Like, you know, think of yourself like a bank. It's the best way to think about how you're going to preserve yourself and grow in that relation. Again, I'm going to be very interested to see these next, like, I would say the next three, three months, man. By the way, <laughs> something, 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 no, but like, I, because it's, there's always something. I know, but and, 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 and for, for, for whatever reason, our portfolios just keep getting bigger and bigger. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that to brag. It's just like, we're hedged in this yeah. market. Like my assets are growing. Your assets are growing. And that's it's the dividend, especially the, for me, it's a dividend. Yes. Side thing, Cause a lot of my, the price of most of my positions are not really growing or deflating energy is fluctuating slightly a bit commodities fluctuating. To. But the thing is that the fluctuation is being hedged by the dividends. That was my key was to play regardless of the fluctuation, my dividends will hedge me. And the best part is the prices come down by all means come down. My dividends are not changing. So I'm just going to purchase. It's just going to buy more stock on its own at a lower price. That's going to average out my yield. It's, By all means, go ahead. 
slow and steady, man. It's just slow and steady and it just works. It works it's, every time almost. It's the, the moment we're in right now. It's what requires an investor. And don't forget, guys, you can't, as an investor, your job is not to dictate how the market should be, like like social. The, mar- the, market, the market doesn't care what you think. Exactly. You have to find a way to balance your, uh, your, your, your style in relation to what the opportunities of the market are giving you. you can't, it, when, this is not 20 years ago. This is not 30 years ago. This is not 10 years ago. This is now. And the now is telling you we're doing things differently. Things are being done differently. Things will be different for at least the short to midterm. So act in relation to what it's telling you. That's the only way you're going to come out of this alive. So I want to wrap things up here, but I think the important message is pretty clear. Like in the next decade, like do not be surprised to see higher gold prices. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not, but you're going to wake up one day, you're going to look at your phone and you're going to be like, why is gold at 3000? I don't know when that's going to be, but the supply demand dynamics, as well as what the central banks are doing now on top of the, it's not even trillions anymore. It's quadrillions of debt sloshing around in the system. Like it's, 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 it's a force you can't even fight. It's like literally pushing a rock down a hill and it just crushes you. You're either with the rock or you're against it and you're going to get crushed if you don't see that. So again, just be patient. That's all it is. People don't like that. They're just like, no, I want to get the gains right away. And we're seeing that play out in, in crypto. Like, I didn't. I, I want to get some people on. I want, we, we should definitely have a debate with a, a crypto guy and like a precious metals guy you know, on our, on, on one of these, on one of these episodes, just to get a perspective, you know, I'd, I'd moderate, Nick would run in some commentary, but guys, <laughs> the, the point, the point is very simple. Like be patient in this market. Yeah. Be very, very patient. And it's better to have cash right now on hand than to go all in on positions. You're in defense mode. We're not, you can't be in an attack mode right now. I, I would say we're, if you're a gold and silver, if you're a metals investor right now, you're very close to being on the offense. Mm-hmm. But if you're just new and like you're getting started, like just conserve capital. That's all you have to do right now. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, we think gold's going to 5,000 by the end of the decade. It's a yeah. pretty bold prediction. I'll look back on this chat and we'll see if that actually happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty, pretty sure. I just wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I really would not. Plus, think about it, right? Gold relative to the overall general market, people that bought gold two years ago, they're they're up. Hi, <laughs> gold is you're up. up. You're not down because yep. gold before the whole COVID thing was not above fifteen hundred. It was at around four thirteen, fourteen hundred. Now it's at around eighteen hundred. The world, so, the world panicked so much they didn't know what to do. So that's why everything dropped during COVID, right? And it's and- held regardless of everything going on around the world. It has held 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 that's the that's that, it's that done 16 that's 1680 level on gold it hasn't lost that no How, just keep every time it's it's touched that line it's just bounced right back up now again these bounces don't happen overnight guys like they take time to to, to play out and the dynamics are there so listen we'll leave it at that i know it's it's been a good discussion with regards to a, you know metals nobody wants to talk about this we're here talking about it right now but um you know, I think, I think, I think again, remain Nick, you're pretty optimistic about the future. We just have to get through this period of chaos. Um, and, and it's just a matter of time at this point. 
Yep. So I'm, that's it. I'm, yep. I'm hoping <laughs> our generation, you know, just makes better decisions. If we make better decisions, the world will, you know, self-correct. But we just need to make those moves. We can't depend. To depend on the government is depending on a fiat. You want self-dependency, self-reliability, shift over. Start use, utilizing things like hard assets and... and it's freedom. Know, 100%. And then it's hopefully freedom. hopefully governments don't go too tyrannical to the point where they literally try to own everything. And this way you could actually have a case use where Bitcoin can actually have a role. Where, you know, like back to the thing, again, even Rick Rule and all of the, the macro guys that love perishables, they said, if you had something like gold or a Bitcoin that was backed by gold, you, you know, like, why not have a beautiful, uh, how can I say, synergy between this, those two forces? Yeah. Like there's a beautiful place for that. So it's like, hopefully the governments don't get too tyrannical that they say, well, we need to nationalize uh, infrastructure and nationalize the internet, nationalize the communication system, nationalize the banking, everything to the point where you literally cannot even actually go and transact in it. And then that no longer has actually utility in the, in the real economy. But in an environment where we say we want free markets, yo, like, I don't see why it would not be a beautiful synergy between the two. Bitcoin backed by gold. Interesting. I think that's, that's a nice little cliffhanger for the next week or the next episode we have on this discussion. Hopefully the future moves that way. I hope so too, man. Anyway, guys, we'll, we'll see you next time on the New Gen Mindset Podcast. Check us out, www.newgenmindset.com, and we'll see you next time. Ciao, guys.